Hi, this is Stan Bush. Hi, this is Stephanie Calvert. This is John Payne. This is Jack Hughes. Hi, I'm Gary Stevens. Hey, everybody, this is Prescott Niles. Hello, I'm Kofi Baker. This is Tony Franklin here. that rock and roll. I'm your host Joe Kay and today our guest is Mark Larson, the founder, drummer, and band leader for Free Fallen, the Tom Petty concert experience. This band is a live tribute to and celebration of Tom Petty's incredible music and legacy. Tom sadly passed away in 2017 and fans have missed him dearly ever since in part because his annual tours were consistently always among the best shows of the year. Fans were never disappointed by a Heartbreakers show, so his passing, unfortunately, has left quite a void. And this is something we've talked about on the channel before. How do we, as classic rock fans, engage in a live setting with the music from artists we love who are no longer with us, or retired, or simply on a hiatus. Well, a theater might show a concert film, or maybe you could go see one of those weird hologram shows, but honestly, neither one of those really delivers on a concert experience. In my opinion, the best way to enjoy live music is to see live music, especially from seasoned pros who know what they're doing. And that's what this band is all about. They've been doing this show for some 17 years now, so they know how to bring a Tom Petty concert experience to the stage. So, if you're like me and you really miss seeing the Heartbreakers in concert, I would really recommend you check out Mark's band, Free Fallen. In this interview, we talk about how Mark formed the band, why they decided to celebrate Tom Petty, Mark's favorite selections from Petty's catalog, their appearance at the 2018 Tom Petty Birthday Bash concert, as well as some other great gig memories, and also what makes their Tom Petty concert experience just so special. This band is a celebration of a classic rock icon who is no longer with us. So I think this is a project that classic rock fans should definitely check out, and you should go see them in concert. Free Fallen's next concert will be at the South Milwaukee Performing Arts Center this Thursday, September 21st. If you are in the Milwaukee area, you should absolutely go see them. And if you're not in the Milwaukee area, they have other concert dates listed on their website now. Also, Mark told me that dates for 2024 will be posted to the website shortly. And that website is freefallen.us. You can also find this band on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links posted in the description below. And with that, here's my conversation with Mark Larson, the band leader of Free Fallen, the Tom Petty Concert Experience. Well, I'm coming out here, no more. 
thank you for coming by. Uh, you have a show coming up in South Milwaukee on Thursday, and we are going to talk about that. But before uh, we dive in, you are the band leader and drummer for Free Fallen, the Tom Petty concert experience. And I've been following your Facebook page, and you were just in Gainesville, Florida at the Tom <laughs> Petty Museum. Can you yes. tell us a little bit uh, about that experience? Well, I'll tell you what. They uh, set up a, a little addendum to the Cade Museum down there. Um, and I don't know if you know who that is, but Cade was the guy that invented Gatorade. Oh. <laughs> a, little, <laughs> a little fact. Gatorade was done, and it's called Gatorade because he did it for the um, college football team. Oh, right, yeah. Gators, you know, down in, down in Gainesville, Florida. So anyway... They got a museum for him down there and they set up a wing up in the second floor where they put in a Tom Petty display. And uh, it's it's great. There's some just really, really nice stuff there. Um, I'm posting stuff on Facebook, like you mentioned. So um, it's something to keep an eye on because I'll be posting pictures every day from that. So it's kind of fun. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I like that you guys utilize social media as an extension of, you know, what you do in, uh, in celebration of Tom. But uh, let's let's go uh, back in time here a little bit. Tell me about the genesis of this project. How did you guys uh, come together, and and when was that? Well, this this band started in uh, two thousand seven. I was I was playing. I, I've I've been a musician all my life. I've been through a couple of careers, and uh, I had restaurants for a while, and I was a food broker for a while and stuff. But I. And it kept my hands in the music. Uh, I played part-time and bar bands, cover bands, that kind of thing. And um, I was in a, a cover band with a group of guys. And um, our bass player looked a little bit like Tom Petty. And then somebody came up to him one night and said, God, you guys should be doing some Tom Petty songs. And one thing led to the next night. I said, gosh, you know, you want to put together a tribute show and so we agreed to do that. We dug in and we were, you know, both really, really loved Tom Petty's story and music and all that stuff. So it worked out pretty well. That was 2007 when we started. Um, about this time of the year in 2007, we played our first couple of shows and we we cobbled together a six-piece band and went out and we started doing some bar shows and and put together a um, a good, solid show. You know, a song list that worked. And, you know, it's one of those things when you're dealing with a guy like Petty, he's got 400 and some songs. What do you play? You know? And um, so anyway, we put together a show that kind of keeps the fans happy. It's stuff we enjoy playing. Um, and uh, it's just worked out. And we've been doing it ever since. We're coming up on 17 years. Wow, that's awesome. Congratulations. I mean, that's a yeah. hell of a run. And uh, right. it doesn't sound like there's you guys are going to be slowing down anytime soon, which is good news. Uh, playing South Milwaukee this Thursday, so anyone who's in the Milwaukee area, I hope checks that out. I'll be at that show for sure. So let's go back maybe even further about your just uh, your, your fandom and your appreciation for Tom. You're a musician yourself. What is it about Tom's music that appeals to you in a way more than others? You know, in so much as that his music is what you choose to play. Well, Tom's writing style and playing style is very unique. And um, he's not like 
anybody else. He's not like the Beatles. He's not like the Birds. He's not like ACDC. Tom Petty is Tom Petty. And um, the band that he put together was there for him, him and Mike Campbell. And Benmont are the, were the three driving influences. Of course, you know, the bass players, Ron Bear, and you've got a, a, a local guy, Howie Epstein, is from Milwaukee. That's right. And uh, his brother Bradley, I'm I'm hoping BJ is going to come to the show as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. I've I've got a word word out for him. He's not been feeling well lately, but um, I'm really kind of hoping that BJ comes as well. But um, when 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 it, when a new Petty song comes on the radio back 30 years ago, you knew it was Tom Petty, and um, you know his. Great art is something I talk about this all the time. You read a book. I don't know if you read, but if you read, I read. And, and if I, I read a book today, I might pick that book up again in six years and reread it. And that book may tell me a different story the next time I read it. Okay. And that is the sign of true art. And you, know, you you go look at a Picasso, you go look at uh, any kind of a painting or sculpture, you go back years later and look at it again, it's going to look a little different than it did the first time. It's all based on your current reality. And uh, Tom's music does that. And his lyrics and his songwriting is such that uh, you get you get to the end of it and you go, oh my God, yeah, he's talking about this or he's talking about that. Well, five years from now, that may be different. You know, yeah. so anyway, it's it's the songwriting and his style is is really what spoke to me. That is terrific. Yeah, he's truly yeah. one of the best ever. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. 
and we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. And he's such, he has such a massive catalog. It's not right. just, He had a long career and he was prolific. When, when you look back at the, the music he released over, you know, the like 40 years he was doing it, are yeah. there albums or eras of Tom's career that, that to you as speaking as a fan mean more than some of, some of the, what else he's done? It, it, what do you consider the highlights of his catalog? Well, you know, his, his first album, of course, was was groundbreaking. And, uh, you know, that's the one that got everybody's attention. Um, I don't know if you remember the stories about that, but the record companies early on tried to pigeonhole Tom and they couldn't do it. Uh, they wanted to make him a punk. They wanted to, to, to be punk music because that was real popular then. Yep, yep. And um, so, you know, unfortunately, uh, that didn't work. And Tom battled that. And, and he, he came out as... Tom Petty, uh, you listen to interviews with him and people say, how do you classify your music? And he would say, we're just an old country band. Oh. Okay, that's how he described himself in the Heartbreakers. We're just an old country band. Didn't necessarily mean they were playing country music. Right. Although the crossover from what he was doing to country is not a big jump. You know, when you think about it, it's not. Um. But anyway, so, the, you know, the first album was great. Um, you know, uh, Wildflowers was huge for a lot of people. And, um, you know, my personal favorite, the one that really got me early on was Full Moon Fever. Um, yeah, but I mean, every album has got something on it that's amazing. Yeah. Um, his um, most recent uh, uh, original album that he put out before he passed away was Hypnotic Eye. And Hypnotic Eye, in my opinion, is very underrated. I think that that album is phenomenal. He got radio play on one of those songs, but I think that album is going to really stand the test of time. I think that album is going to be one that people are going to keep talking about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that was the, what's one of the things that was so cool about him is that he doesn't have, and this is rare for artists with big discographies, he doesn't have a bad period. You know, even in even in the '80s, when a lot of artists kind of fall off a little bit, uh, I I like that run quite a bit. Uh, and 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 more recent music. There's the last DJ that I'm very fond of, and and also got radio play. So I think you're right. There's just so many great points to explore. Um, yeah, well, you know, he talks about that at the museum what? when you go down to Gainesville and go through that museum. There's a a, a bunch of quotes from Tom, and he actually addresses that. And he talks about how every album was set up and the music was written not to be like the last one. Oh, yeah. It was very, very intentional on his part to change it up. And that's kind of why he went solo, because he said in some of his quotes that if I play with the same four guys all the time, that's all you're going to get. And he said... This gave me the opportunity to meet new people and change things up and have a new sound and everything. So I think that kind of addresses what you're speaking to. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that Full Moon Fever solo solo record, you know, it's always interesting to me that 
he did that Super Bowl halftime show a couple of years, well, now a number of years ago, and like three of the four songs were off that album. And yeah. you, you got to think of how special that record must be to him and oh, yeah. really the fan community to like pull that much on such a big <laughs> stage. I think that was the last. I think that was the last of the good Super Bowl halftime shows. No, I agree. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) there was a there was a window of some good ones, and then (laughs) on. Uh, Did you ever get a chance to see Tom in concert? Quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Any 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 particular memories from from seeing him like back in the day or or later era? Well, early on, uh, my wife drugged me out to go see him, and at the time, I wasn't a big fan. Jackson Brown was his warm-up act, and I was more interested in seeing Jackson Brown. That was back in um, 1990, I want to say 8 or 99, maybe. Um, and it turned out that, you know, Tom Petty blew the show away. Um, so that, that that's that's a good memory. Um, I think his last tour, You're Wearing the Shirt, um, was, um, in my opinion, probably the best concert I'd ever been to. Yeah, for, for sure, the best Tom Petty concert. You know, I when I saw him on on this tour, I re- recall that it, it was a very memorable show because I I remember thinking he did a lot of things that, in theory, I could complain about. Like he he didn't open his eyes for most of the show, and he skipped a lot of hits. But they weren't actually complaints because every song he did was a song I loved. And even though his eyes were closed, he still had like a really good energy about him. And things that might have been not great for another artist, he made really special. And uh, knowing, honestly, what he was dealing with, you know, in, in those, yeah. those last years makes it all the more impressive. But Well, yeah. he, had, he had an absolute amazing way of connecting with the people. and. The audience, from the minute he walked on stage until he was done, the audience is glued to him. Yeah. You know? The guy that I've gotten free from, his name is Wade Kirby, is is like that. He's and that's got your the list. Yeah. He my, he's my Tom, He's the Tom Petty in my in my band. Um, he reaches out and grabs people, and he and he's got the ability to get people. He's doing such a good job with that. It, it's it's. Um, I'm really happy with what he's got going on. Well, maybe maybe you can expand upon that a little bit because my my next question for you is about how you design your show and and what makes you guys uh, a real special uh, experience. Because I think to myself, years ago I saw a, a concert at a, a free stage at a festival, and it was a group of uh, guys calling themselves a tribute to the Who. Now, they didn't dress the part. They didn't really even try to sound the part. And because it was a free show, I think it was just a group of guys playing Who songs that they like. But that is not at all the approach that you guys take. You guys are obviously invested in presentation and production and bringing the Tom Petty experience to fans uh, in a very memorable way. So tell me about, if it's Wade or, or others in the band, or you know, tell me about the production and what makes this concert experience special? Okay, that's a good question. Um, basically, I, I mentioned earlier that we've been doing this for 17 years. Um, I've got four of the guys in the band that we've been together for the period of time, 17 awesome. years. So my bass player, his name is Russ Lunn, phenomenal musician uh, and artist. Uh, and Carl Swartz, my uh, lead guitar player, he's uh, an educator. He teaches music. and 
He's a songwriter and recorder and a studio guy. Russ is a studio guy too. And Dale Peterson, uh, Dale's our keyboard player. He's our Benmont. He's been with us since day one. Now, Dale came to us from a band called uh, Lamont Cranston. I don't know if Lamont uh, means anything to you in Milwaukee, but he had a song back in the 60s called The Upper Mississippi Shakedown. Oh, um, I will look that one up. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's a good song. But anyway, Dale... Bill spent many years with um, with Lamont before he came on with us. So the four of us have been playing together for 17 years. Now, my utility guy, his name is Ted Byrne. Um, we had him three, four years ago now. Um, we've had a few guys in that spot before him, but Ted is a magic fit. Uh, he's a multi-instrumental guy. He plays mandolin and harmonica and keys and guitar. He's, he's, he's a really good lead guitar player. Um, and he sings like an angel. I mean, he does all of the backup vocals. And then, of course, our Wade, Tom Petty. And Tom, he's been with us now for, oh, gosh, it's been four years, maybe five years. But um, it, it's magic. What we have going right now is magic. It's the best Tom Petty tribute band, I believe, that there is. Well, that is excellent. I like I said, I, I'm super excited for Thursday. And you yeah. guys have a couple of more dates uh, this year. Uh, are you touring to, through the end of the year, or is the tour coming to a close? Uh, no, we're actually looking into next year pretty hard. I just got off the okay. phone. I'm booking a two week run down to Florida, and we're going back to San Diego again and Phoenix, and um, um, we're. Going to be in Detroit for a New Year's Eve weekend, and I think we're going to be coming back through Illinois on New Year's Eve uh, that Sunday night, and I think we're going to pick up a casino date on the way back. Um, but we're you know, we're pretty consistently doing sixty to seventy shows a year. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good calendar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we do travel the whole country. Nice, yeah. Uh, I, I I look through you. You have a good website set up. I, I've looked at your past touring dates. I mean, you guys are road warriors out mm. there every year, still at it. Yeah, we're heading down to Texas again too. We, oh, okay. It seems like we're getting into Texas a couple times a year now. I don't know what what the magic is down there, but it's sure. it's great. Oh yeah, and then fans, of course, can find out all your tour dates. That's all on the website and social media. Right. Okay. So uh, you you sort of poised this question. A little earlier, and I'm I'm gonna kind of piggyback off of it. Uh, when you're looking at Tom's catalog, it is like we said before, massive. And you, you guys doing a show, you have limited amounts of time. How do you build a set list that delivers the best experience for fans? Yeah, well, we um, like I said, in, in the 17 years, we we've, we've got a couple of shows we do. Um, what's going to happen in Milwaukee is we're doing a 90 minute concert. And um, we, yeah, I have to play the big hits, okay? So we always have to do Running Down a Dream. We always got to do American Girl. Um, and there's a couple that we throw in and out, you know, depending on the night. But, um, you know, we're, I, I forget, we're doing, I think, 14 songs there uh, in Milwaukee. Um, and we built this thing over a period of time based on the ebb and flow of the music. Tom's. Tom's music isn't all high energy stuff. Yeah. And so if you play too much of the lower energy stuff back to back, you wind up with what we call a lull in the show. And so we had to kind of mix things up. So the show flows, keeps people interested, keeps everybody engaged in the, 
and what's going on. So, you know, another challenge is that, you know, he has so many hits that uh, it, it, it would be hard to pack them all into a set list on its own. But, you know, of course, I'm sure you're someone who appreciates deeper cuts. I'm sure as a musician, you like to change things up and, and play stuff that's not necessarily a radio hit. Uh, in the past, have you had the opportunity or do you have plans on uh, uh, having some surprises, some maybe not household name songs uh, in the set list? Or is well, that just something a, you, can't, you can't do? Yeah, no, we're going to do a couple on Thursday. Um, oh, cool. We're, we're going to do Saving Grace. Oh, wow. Which is not a, not a, wasn't a great big hit. It was a hit, but it, it's not one of them. Uh, we're going to do Cabin Down Below. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, King's Highway never was a big, big hit, but it's one of those up-tempo kind of a dancer that um, we love playing it. Um, and then, of course, um, we're we're going to do um, uh, uh, Wellflowers. Nice. Yeah, Wellflowers, you know, on, on its own, wasn't a huge, huge hit when it first came out, but now with the resurgence of the new album, it's been big. So that's going to be in the mix. And... Um, you know, depending on the crowd and whatnot, we could do a variety of um, things that we set aside for encore songs. Oh, nice. Well, so and and that and that to me speaks to the the credibility of the the concert experience aspect of the show because you know when Tom would play, he wouldn't only do hits; he would go deep into his catalog as well. Right. And and fans love that kind of thing. What are the? There's got to be a couple of songs in the set list that are a little more fun to play perhaps as a drummer than others i mean what what songs are if, if you have any what are your favorite ones to, uh, to bust out? <laughs> no, i i absolutely enjoy every song we play um one of the songs that i i really like is king's highway and yeah. um i like it because the vocals are so strong and, and we do a really good job at that song as far as playing goes you know american girl is fun it's got a kind of a little more technical thing going on with the drum beats in there uh it's challenging you know even after 17 years i still gotta really really bear down on that song um last dance of mary jane is is kind of fun it swings and you know it's uh it's got a good feel i imagine you've uh smelled the fumes from the audience a couple of times <laughs> when that song <laughs> <laughs> well it's not just that song it, right. it happens it happens quite a bit yeah oh, yeah <laughs> That's awesome. So um, on, on the subject of being, you know, the drummer of the band, the Heartbreakers had two drummers. Right. And I am very curious about what your perspective as a fellow drummer is about those guys. I mean, when when you look at their work, in particularly, you know, in this band, uh, what what are your thoughts about them? You know, how, how did well, your perspective on how they played? I love both of those guys. Stan Lynch was, 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 was a monster. I mean, the guy was just a really good, solid guy. And he made everything look so easy. Um, I uh, mentioned earlier that we were down for um, Tom Petty's birthday party in Gainesville. And I was really looking forward to meeting Stan down there. And he didn't come to that party. I was disappointed. Um, Stan is out running around right now with Mike Campbell doing the dirty knob thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Stan, I, I'm going to try to get out and see that show when Stan's playing with him. Steve Peroni is is just a he's a machine. I mean, the guy is just a solid uh, driver. I mean, he's he when he's playing, he's driving the band. You know, 
so they both had their qualities. Um, I probably play a little bit more like Steve than Stan. Um, you know, I, I tend to try to drive it a little bit harder, you know, um, but I, I like them both. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, Mike Campbell's uh, band. He played here. He played in Oshkosh uh, last summer here. I went up to see that show and that was awesome. He didn't do a lot of Tom's songs. He only did, you know, two or three that he wrote with Tom. And that was wonderful because it did sort of remind me how much I missed hearing that music live. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm thinking about that show a lot, knowing that mm -hmm. I'm going to see you guys on Thursday because, you know, it's been, you know, geez, I can't believe it's been six years since Tom's been gone. Mm -hmm. And I just miss hearing that music in a concert setting. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to, to hear you guys uh, bring that. So you mentioned it just now. Let's let's dive into this. You played Tom Petty's birthday bash in 2018. Uh, this was something that a lot of people in in Tom's world were were at. Uh, tell us about that experience. This sounds like a very special occasion for the band. Yeah, that was an amazing opportunity and an amazing experience. Um, a number of things happened during that. Um, we had been together at that point for 10 years. And so we were at that point considered, you know, there, there were only a handful of petty tributes around the country when Tom died. Yeah. Um, and we were considered one of the better, you know, there's other really, really good Tom Petty tributes out there. Don't, don't, don't read that the wrong way. Um, but we did, they, they invited us down. We we're able to make it work. And, um, it was a joy to go down and play for it. Now, a couple of things happened. People came to that from all over the world. I mean, um, I, somebody told me they had 26,000 people that year and showed up for that party. Wow. Yeah, crazy. It was just, it was great. And the outpouring of emotion was intense. And, um, you know, both happy and sad. You know, people were grateful that they lived during a period of time that Tom Petty was on this earth. And other people were like, I'll miss him, you know, and uh, I, I don't know if life can go on without Tom Petty. You know, it's, I heard both ends of that. Uh, and we got to meet some of Tom's um, uh, past uh, musician friends. You know, he had a thing down there called Mud Crutch, and, and they all lived on a farm outside of town, and he had a whole bunch of people that were in and out. And, you know, so a lot of those guys were there. Um uh, matter of fact, Tom Tom Leighton, his um, other guitar player, was there. I got to meet him. And uh, Randall Marsh, his original drummer, was there. Yeah, that was great. And uh, we got to meet uh, Tom's brother. Uh, that was, that was a, a pleasure. Um, and, and we got to meet about 200 women that said they used to date Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Hometown stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that man. was great. Anyway, that was a really good experience. I'm glad we had a chance to do that. And um, I don't know that we could ever replicate that experience. I was just going to say, you know, looking back at your your long history of, of touring, I mean, this sounds like uh, maybe it was the, the best experience you guys ever had as far as a gig goes. Would you say that's the case or are there other shows that really stand out as being special? Well, there's other shows that were special for other reasons. You know, I yeah. mean, that one obviously was was a heart heartstring thing. And um, but I mean, we've done shows. We played out in uh, Utah at a place called Tucson. It's uh, they call it the Red Rocks of Utah. Oh, nice. 
nice. Um, it's beautiful setting, you know, 2000 seat arena. We sold it out. Um, uh, it was a beautiful night and just the energy you get from the audience in a show like that's crazy. Uh, yeah, we, we've been fortunate. We've had a number of those kinds of experiences over the years here uh, with big audiences and big rooms and stuff. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I expect that uh, this Thursday is going to be another one of those. <laughs> I I suspect it might be, yeah. All right. Especially if you're going to be there. It's, yes, yes, absolutely will be. So let's, uh, I, I always like uh, asking this question when, when uh, musicians come on the show. Uh, you know, those are some great awesome stories of, of gigs that went, of course went really well and were meaningful and special. Do you have any funny memories or uh, disaster stories of shows just that just for whatever reason went off the rails or didn't quite work or any funny stories from the road? Well, they, there's a lot of them. Some of them I probably probably shouldn't talk about, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's things, you know, we do so many outdoor shows and stuff. So you get weather as a factor in places. And um, we did, a, it was interesting. I We were down in Florida about 10 years ago and I picked up a routing date at a small theater down there and it was on a Wednesday night or something and um, pulled in and um, went in to set up. And here they had, they had the room, the stage set up. They were doing Phantom of the Opera. Okay. That was the play that was running. And they picked us up as a routing date, but they the stage was set for their performance. And so we played on the stage set for Phantom of the Opera. That is and, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it was and it looked great and it was yeah. it was so much fun to do it. But the biggest problem was they had most of their equipment tied up in dealing with the production for that show. Yeah. And so they ran out of microphones, they ran out of cables, they ran out of speakers. They just didn't have everything we needed to, to pull it off. And we wound up doing that show. Um, you know, typically there are six of us and we'll have at least six monitors on stage. And that particular show, I think we had two monitors, one in the front, one in the back. And, <laughs> and I think a couple of guys had to share microphones and sure. none, of my, none of my drums were mic'd up. And uh, I mean, we got through, we put on a great show and we had a nice house. Um, I think that room sat somewhere between four and five hundred, and I think we we're real close to having a full house. Okay, um, it was still a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, and then of course weather-wise, you know, there's always that show. We had one uh, down in Nebraska a couple of years ago that we were in the middle of this lightning storm that wouldn't go away. Yet cool. we were supposed to play from eight to ten or something like that, and that lightning storm hung over us for two hours. We never did get to get on stage. I saw yeah. I saw Steve Miller in concert once, and he got chased off stage earlier, early mm -hmm. before it was supposed to end because of because of weather, and that was just kind of right, right. going back to the the Phantom of the Opera stage. That that's a great story. Uh, how tempting was it to uh, like wear that mask from the play? <laughs> I don't think that the mask was around. Oh, um, too bad. Yes, yeah, so we didn't see that, but you know there was a uh, a stairway on either side of the stage that went up into these. It was a street scene in London, and went up into these like two story street buildings. And then there was a walkway that went from one side to the other. Oh, and uh, yeah, and of course my lead singer got up and used that. You know, so <laughs> it was kind of fun. Staying on the on the topic of touring, a, a past guest on this show was uh, Kofi Baker, who is also a drummer. 
he drums with uh, the music of Cream, Ginger Baker's son. He was on the show to promote a tour he was doing, and he told me that um, at the time, this was uh, a, two years ago, at the time that his band was really struggling to draw an audience because of sort of the hangover effect of the pandemic and he had been off the road for a very long time and and he sort of painted a very frankly dire picture of what touring meant for uh, a theater act so i just wonder like as you look back um sort of post 2020 with all the weird challenges that fans have had you know economic factors the pandemic all this stuff would you say this has been like the hardest or most unstable time uh, for touring musicians? I mean, how did you navigate these waters? Well, a couple of things that I'm thinking about with that question. Um, we obviously had a really bad year in 2019, I think it was 2020. Yeah. Um, where I think we did 20 shows that year. Yeah. And they were very specific and they were very well planned and organized. Um, uh, we, nobody, could pay their bills that yeah. year. You know, that was terrible. Uh, 2019 and the ramp up for that, it got bad, I think, towards the end of the year, if I remember. I'd have, I'd have to look back. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it it was tough for a while there. And uh, we did the best we could. We tried to play as much as we as we could. Um, a lot of guys were doing uh, podcasts and things. Um there were a lot of podcast concerts with tip jars and whatnot that were going on. We did not do that, but um, it's interesting. Um, I was at a, um, a talent buyers conference a couple of years ago in Nashville, and um, they were uh, talking about groups that were canceling their tours because of COVID. And, and it was groups, you know, like Rolling Stones, like, right you know, uh, uh, Aerosmith and that kind of thing. And yeah, and, and it wasn't because everybody was afraid of getting sick. It's because they were afraid to go in and only have half sold shows. Oh. And and they, they didn't want to mess up their pole star numbers. Yeah. And then that became a, a big, big, big deal. And I think um, that part of the business is still recovering. Yeah. Okay, that's a that's interesting insight because uh, what I do remember of 2021, I did go to a couple of like big name shows. I saw like Kiss was one of the shows I saw, and I do remember that really through no fault of their own, but it was a half fill arena, and that's yeah. not normal for them. Right. But since then, you know, in the last two years or so, you know, the restrictions have fallen away. People have returned to live music. I mean, is, has that been the case for you? Have the crowds come back to see your shows? Are you feeling better about how, how the concert uh, circuit is now? Yeah, it's coming back. And um, I think the lifting of the restrictions was huge. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're talking about this and I'm thinking about, we were down in Florida uh, right at the tail end of that. And, um, some of the theaters at the time were still requiring people to show up with the passport oh. so that they've been vaccinated and they made everybody wear masks. And there was a really big pushback on that. And, um, you know, it, it turned out that, you know, we would have, you know, 600, 700 tickets sold and only 300 people would show up. And um, so that got a little bit wonky, you know. Um, I think we're through that now. And I think, you know, people are, you're right, people are, willing to come back up yeah 
Yeah, there was definitely an, an adjustment period for all that right. stuff. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big concert enthusiast. I go to, you know, lots of shows every year. So I'm, in my experience, I've seen crowds have returned to shows, particularly like theater shows, which I always think are the best concert experiences. So I'm sure you're going to have uh, a close to, if not a totally full house on Thursday. Um, mm. I just want to, yeah, I just want to say one more time that I'm really excited for Thursday. I've, I've looked at your videos on YouTube. I've, I've read up on your website and uh, you know, I started this podcast because I wanted to talk to people who are keeping the music of classic rock alive through various projects, be it books or, or honestly, live shows like this. So I love what you're doing. Uh, I hope people come out to see you guys play. I'm going to be there. And I really appreciate talking to you today, man. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, and thank you so much for uh, putting on your swag. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Good to see. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Thanks so much, Mark. This has been awesome. Yeah, thanks, Joel. It was very nice to meet you. And, um, you know, let's make sure we connect on Thursday night at the... uh, What's it called? The South Milwaukee Performing Arts Center. Yep. Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember the big four things you can do to support this show that don't cost a dime. Number one, listen to the show. If you're hearing this now, that means you did this part already. Thank you. There is an infinite amount of content out there, so you choosing to spend some time listening to this show means a great deal to me. Number two, If you like what we did here, please recommend this show to family, friends, or anyone you know who's looking for a podcast, particularly about music. Share our links in Facebook groups, subreddits, and recommendation threads. Whatever you can do is highly appreciated on my end. Number three, find us on social media. Follow us on Twitter at PlayThatPodcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash playthatpodcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash playthatrockandroll. Lots of great material like photos and vlogs on all three platforms. As Play That Rock and Roll is very much meant to be a content hub as well as a podcast. And finally, the big ask. Number four. Please give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I know this part is a hassle, but it really does help the show a great deal. Not just because it affects the algorithm, but also because it gives me something I can point to when pitching this show to potential guests. The more social media followers and positive ratings the show has, the better chance I have for booking high-profile guests for interviews. So if you take a moment to give us even just a five-star rating, you are actively giving us a tool to do bigger and better things here. But whatever the case, I appreciate any and all efforts you take to support us here at Play That Rock and Roll. Be sure to join us next time for more great stories and music from the world of classic rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 